Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert. You're floating around producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online, and they feature live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. There's every sport, so head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Kyle, a happy international winter bike to work day to you. No, I will not. I work from home. Not riding my bike anywhere to work. Especially riding out in the cold. I mean, you Hard could ride pass. around the block real quick and then just come back and then you rode to work. You know, here's the thing. Riding your bike in the cold stinks. Is it that cold right now? Well, it's it's mild today, but just the, the principle balmy of 52 winter. 52 degrees winter. here right now. In Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, it's 9 o'clock in the morning when we're recording the show, so it'll get warm. I mean, it's, it's, it's 62 out here in Delaware, the first state. Yeah, I think it's warm in, in North Carolina right now, too. It's more important, more, more important do you own a bike? Outside. Do you own a bike that is... I have an Echelon stationary bike, so I that's can put not, that out in nope. the garage and nope, ride that in the garage with the garage door that, open. Is that one of those fitness bikes? Yeah, it is one of is those good? fitness bikes. Yes, I, I got about one. one. Joe prompted me to get it because I went to his house and he had one. I rode it at his house and it sold me. Joe, give me the give me the one to ten. Uh, I don't know. It's a low cost fitness bike that works well. Sold. I like it. Thanks. Great job, yeah, Joe. Yeah, you're Thank welcome. You. Appreciate glad, that. glad I could do that for you. Uh, we have a tricycle at my house for my daughter. That's, you, that's can you, to... Could you ride that? Would, uh, or would... You know, it's it's small. She's, you it's know, a... it's for, for toddler, so probably not. A... I, have a, uh, I have a scooter, a motorized scooter. This is always that's my not hang up. designed this... for me, but. My hang up on the whole biking to work, and I think it's a noble idea, but like. Most of the year, it's probably pretty warm. Are you like trying to get a sweat on your on your way right. into no. work? No, you're not. It depends on where you, it depends on where you work, Joe. I think there are some there there's some level of clientele in terms of the 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 white collar work in uh, the United States in which there's like a, a shower at your office, and so you you ride to work, you shower, and then you change at work. Doesn't now that's that a very weird? low per, it's a very low percentage, but it does exist, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that do that. Especially if they live in a major metropolis city, like if you live in Chicago or New York or L.A. or like Denver. Or... Could you imagine getting to work, pulling in, and the first thing you're doing is taking a shower? I, it would be weird to me because my shower's down the hall, but yeah, for my office. But that's you know, it is what it is. To the surprise of almost nobody that listened to yesterday's podcast, Zach Thomas is in the Hall of Fame. Just you know, 
Didn't see this happen. Didn't, didn't see it I'm just mad I didn't get my, my box of bill bars for it. Nor did it I get a, a text night. message from Chris Chris Schubert to you acknowledge oversee- my acknowledge my foresight. To read that you knew. Yeah, you had an inside know. source that told you. I didn't know. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, yeah you knew. Know. Yeah, you did. Uh, it was a great night to be a Jets fan. I great night say, to be a Jets. Congratulations fan. on having the extra preseason game next year. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Yeah, you know? I, it's go- yeah, it's going to be the <laughs> Jets and the Cowboys probably. Sure. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Um, well, because Kyle and I are going, we've already decided. Oh, well, We're, have fun. And we guys. said yesterday if if Revis we and, said yesterday if and, and Zach Thomas got in, in, we'll go. Wow, that's that's going to be fun for you guys. I'm, but the the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, first time that's happened since 2017, and Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko are Hall of Famers. Wow, the future is bright for the Jets, man. Well, not right. with Derek Carr potentially going to the New Orleans Saints. Well, First win for the Jets since November, huh? Jeez, Kyle. Takes on takes. Two <laughs> tweets in a line. Kyle's going to have to hop on his bike and get out of here. I don't think it's inaccurate, though. I'd have to go back and look. I can't remember the last time they won a game. So, uh, I, I, I think you lost the last six, right? There was one win in there. Mm. Was, they, so maybe that is there at some maybe point. that is not a factual. They lost against Miami. They lost against uh, Seattle. They lost against Jacksonville. They lost against Detroit. That was four in a row at least to close the season. To close the season was not great. Lost the Bills. Uh, this 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 take from Countdown Scouting. Take Senior Bowl Draft News episodes are some of the greatest episodes ever created. It's a mixture of chaos, knowledge, and excitement that has never been seen before. It's like fine art mixed with kindergarten finger painting, but in a good way. So who's the finger painter? That's what I want to know. I don't see any I, lies here. I'm just curious who the finger painter is out of the group. I would just like to say I appreciate all of the positive feedback from those episodes last week because the two gentlemen can can attest as the producer of this show. Chris I take having a neurotic qu- breakdown. I take the quality of the show very, very seriously. And I was afraid that the chaos, the noise, the impromptu setup that we had at times was going to make for a poor listening experience. So to hear the good feedback certainly warms my heart. Chris, you're making it sound like there were random dogs that came into the a parade at one point, potentially fifty, 50 wings, stri- fifty just, wings that showed yeah, up. Imagine, up right I mean, at the start of the show. Yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm glad people like we had fun. We had fun. We did. Speaking of wings, uh, Tynan Miller eighty six says, "Take traditional wings are the only way to order wings. Boneless are just chicken nuggets." I disagree strongly with this. I mean, sure, they are I'm, chicken nuggets, but like, I, I don't think you have to compartmentalize them. It's right. fine. Right, it's fine. There's They're no still good. Yeah. Right, right. They're less messy, and if you're trying to be mess-free, that's the way to go. I also don't like working for my food all that much. So I I saw Kyle almost eat a boneless wing while we were in Mobile. Not going to lie. It almost happened. Boneless? Boneless wing? You almost ate one. Are you for – Wow. Wow. What was this? Wow. I can't believe you're not remembering this. It wasn't at the Cracker Bell when you Nope, it wasn't. It was at a different establishment that we all walked into and then we relocated to and – ultimately departed. oh uh, yeah 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 i, I almost one, huh? i almost ate a boneless wing there. oh yeah i know yeah. this on friday i had three, on friday, I had three. Friday. Yeah. congratulations three. Okay. on getting something in your stomach at that establishment that's i'm very happy for you very happy you ted Ligget- for all of us <laughs> ted liggety take uh with a take uh take five corners get drafted before the fourth quarterback comes off the board all right so that's is assuming a slide for I think it would be Richardson. I don't know if other people agree. So agree. somewhere between when Anthony, you would need five quarterbacks to be drafted before Anthony Richardson gets drafted. 
And so your path there is Gonzalez, Porter, Witherspoon. Who else? Some some combination of Ringo, Phillips, Smith, Smith, Smith. Ayu, Blue Kelly. Mm. I I'm selling this take. Yeah, I I don't think it happens. Because now you have the Raiders as a team that, yeah, was seemed like they were very engaged in in Brady, and Brady retired, so that that left them without their most obvious fit. So they either get Rodgers or they're probably drafting a quarterback in some capacity. Uh, I think the floor for the third QB right now is nine. So yeah, you have from nine through Seattle. No, I don't think Seattle's a floor for the fourth quarterback. I think you oh, could, it could point go much to, further. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. New Orleans yeah. potentially, depending on what happens with Derek Carr. Um, the Raiders in the early second round. So I think you have from like nine to forty-one that you got to get five corners in, and I think you'll get a good, healthy amount of corners. I just think there's enough landing spot. Tampa Bay's a quarterback yeah. candidate at 19. You know, they like their Gators. Chomp, chomp. Yep. Chomp, 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 chomp. Yeah, you need you need some things to go your way there, right? You got three that mm-hmm. we think for sure, but like between Banks, Clark Phillips, Emmanuel Forbes, I mean, you need two of them. I don't think it happens. Well, and I think what's what's most intriguing by that is you get into the Chargers are 20, technically 21. I think they would be 22. Chris, you wouldn't. Well, if the Dolphins haven't forfeited their selection, right. yeah, they right. would do it. Right, 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 yeah. right, 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 yeah. right, um, So you've got Baltimore and Minnesota and Cincinnati. And I'm pretty sure there's another corner-hungry team that's in that stretch. Because I remember when we first were, when when I was first setting up the team needs in the big board, for the mock draft machine, uh, which is currently in beta testing. We have a new feature. I don't think we've discussed it publicly yet, have we? I don't think I don't think we can actually. I, I think it's we're we're, we're not we just, you well, just have to I'm, join the beta. I am reaching out. out to developer Josh today to find out what our steps are to launch. Okay. Then you'll know soon so, enough. So you'll know soon enough. But when we first got it lined up. We were getting like eight, nine corners going in the first round. So this was a very clever, like subliminal take because it took me back to like, okay, like a lot of really reasonable corner landing spots and destinations in the first round. But um, I think the way that it has stabilized now is you're getting four or five, but Richardson is often going 19, 20, 29 currently. So I, I would still fade the fourth or the fifth corner before the fourth quarter. Ringo's also in that mix too. It might be pretty close. It might be close, but I still think you get the close. quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, our good friend Sam Teets has provided us with Teats. some draft edition of Would You Rathers. There's about 18 of them. I'm not going to get to all of oh, them. Wow. Would you rather draft Andre Yosevich or Xavier Hutchinson, both in the third round? Hutchinson. Andre. Uh, would you rather draft Noel Sewell in the third round or DeMarvian Overshone in the fourth round? Man, those Sewell. are opposite players. Sewell. All right, Sewell. Would you rather draft Dewan Jones in the first round or Darnell Wright in the third round? Dewan Jones. And the last one that I will give you third here round is might not be ra- bad value though for Wright though. Dewan. Would you rather draft Zay Flowers in the top fifty or Jaden Reed between picks eighty and hundred? Jaden Reed. 
Give me, give us a couple more. That went very fast, very fast. Uh, would you rather draft Lucas Van Ness in the first round or Keon White in the second round? Oh, where in the first round? Back fifteen, I'll, I'll take Van Ness. Right. So if it's back fifteen of first round versus first fifteen in second round, I'll take Van Ness as well. Yeah. Uh, would you rather draft Julius Brents in the second round or Darius Rush in the fourth Brents. round? Yeah, Brents. Yeah, Brents. Dude, Julius Brents, no matter who the alternative is. Uh, I'll give you one more. Would you rather draft Tank Dell in the third round or Trey Tucker in the fifth round? Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker. All right, we fifth round. Tank Dell's 162 pounds, man. We got to be real honest about this. We, we well, tried to have the conversation again. at yeah. the outsider. Right, and it didn't work. It did work. <laughs> I saw right through your argument. Uh, we have two. T- oh boy, I didn't see this take until just now. It's a two-part take from Max's dad. Take one: Cody Mock has better hair than Kyle. Say it again. Hair. There's, there's it's different really, hair. That's yeah. This is different. tough. Cody Mock has better hair than Kyle. Just because They're it's longer hair. and red doesn't mean it's uh, better. I'm, no, I, I, no, because you guys are you guys are trying to do different things with your hair. I think it's unfair to compare. Right. Yeah, it's that's yeah. I'm, I'm just enjoying that. having hair. I really, I genuinely missed all of the takes in regards to my hair. So it's nice to take myself They've back. They've really changed in, in right. over the years, Kyle. The haters are furious, Jill. Yeah. Take, take number two from Max's dad. If JSN falls to number 32, Pittsburgh will take him, allowing him to play in the same city as where his brother will be an MLBer. His brother's going to be a rookie outfielder oh, for the Pittsburgh. Really That's a fun. I dig it. Now, easy. Be careful. Be careful. I got a lot of feedback about your guys' baseball takes on the show. Well, did you, I asked so, you a baseball question in, in, in Discord the Discord. Today. Yeah, did you? He didn't answer it. He yeah, you didn't, didn't answer it. Maybe you can think it. about the no. answer. It's if, if Brett Beatty, uh, big time prospect for the New yeah, York well, Metropolitan, yeah, the if he's the everyday third, third baseman, baseman, I need the stat line. Sure. Okay. Can I? Can you give me a little bit on it? Do I need to? I mean, yeah. Right now. A little bit, but right not now. too much. Right now. Right now. So do we think the Steelers would draft JSN at 33? Probably not, but I like the. Yeah, they're gonna. I think they're gonna have a really good chance to get uh, an offensive lineman there. Uh, take from Dolphins craze. Taysom Hill starts more games as a quarterback than Russell Wilson during Sean Payton's tenure in Denver. I don't think it's so. A, what a, it's a bad take. Dolphins no, craze. no chance. No chance. It's a bad take. Respectfully. Uh, this take from Ty. Take if if Howie Roseman knew the Eagles would be this good in 2022, he may have handled the huge pool of 2022 draft resources he had differently. That's the take in the TLDR. If you'd like the full explanation, I can go through it for you. He, he, the argument here is we wouldn't have spent a first round, a top 15 pick on a player who plays 13 snaps a game, right, Joe? Is that the the bit I here? Mean, that you said you would, it, not me. Well, yeah, because I, I know what you would say. I'm not saying that to be factual. I want to be abundantly clear. I will. I'll read a little bit of it. I think the Eagles are should be very happy with their 2022 draft long term. But the fact is, they're four quarters from a Super Bowl ring, and the only rookie getting meaningful snaps is a UDFA safety. In a draft with three first round picks, they took a D tackle they knew would need development, a center of the future, and a linebacker they knew might sit the whole year. And they also the took first AJ Brown in the first round. Well, and then he- come after me. I'm a man. I'm forty. He did say, and the AJ Brown trade that was obviously a slam dunk. I think we, I think we have to become more comfortable acknowledging that teams are trying to win now and in the future. It's not always all the chips are in or all the chips are out. This this brings me to the NBA trade deadline. I, Excuse I me, I don't know a thing about it. I I did a show. I did a show on this yesterday. Where so I, the Joe, the NBA, just know this: the NBA trade deadline this year was nuts. I saw Kevin Durant on the Suns. 
He is. And who's the other guy there? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, went to Dallas. Kyrie Irving is doing the Dallas. That was about a week ago, though. Okay. But th- there was a lot of movement. A lot of uh, teams will tell you, and this isn't always the case in the NFL. It's harder to read. But in basketball, teams will tell you what they think of themselves with how they conduct themselves at the trade deadline. It's very true. Right. And it's easier in basketball because one player often moves the needle more than it does in the game of football. But I think for Philadelphia, Joe, you you said teams are trying to win now and win in the future. Yeah, I think both things are are at the top of the forefront. I I think both things are true as well. But this is is the teams who extend their window beyond a two-year strike zone a la what Tampa Bay has done. Because if you look at Tampa Bay's draft since Tom Brady came into the picture, it hasn't been great, right? Mm-hmm. You think about John Robinson drafting for need every year. How has that carried as the nucleus of the team has whittled away? Not very good. So for Philadelphia and Howie Roseman, to draft a competent and skill-specific replacement for Jason Kelsey is a big deal. To draft Nicobe Dean, even though he was not going to play this year, with TJ Edwards as an expiring contract, and prior to this, and Kaiser White being on a one-year deal, was a bit of foresight. So the best teams and the best front offices are able to toe that line and make hard decisions about what players to bring back, but still simultaneously while they're evaluating what decision to make there, have the foresight to bring a player in that they can groom with a year in the system or two years in the system to step into those shoes and take that role where you don't suffer a setback in performance on the field. And I think that's what Philadelphia aligned themselves to do. So, yes, there are teams out there that will go ham skis and trade anything and everything like the Rams did last year. Chris, I knew you'd like that one. Less need win Hamsky at the trade deadline last year and acquired Von Miller. They won a Super Bowl. Good for you. But for Philadelphia, this didn't have to be, we're going to tell you what we think of our team by going all in on year one contributors, because that, especially outside of the top 50 picks, which, you know, we were their, their only top 50 picks were A.J. Brown and, and Jordan Davis. Outside of those top 50 picks, it's hard to get to guarantee you're going to get a year one impact player. So for them to go the way that they did, I don't know that they regret anything. We'll see what it looks like next year when Nicobe Dean has a chance to step into the lineup, presumably. And Cam Jurgens has a year to learn behind Jason Kelsey and potentially continue this very strong lineage in the same way that they're probably going to bid farewell to Isaac Siamalu. And you know you have Landon Dickerson, so you know you're in good hands. In the same way that they bid farewell to Jason Peters and took a seventh-round pick in Jordan Maitala, Ozzy Maitala, as Joe would call him. Mm. And they didn't skip a beat. So some of that's player development, some of that's personnel decisions. I don't think teams have to tell – teams don't tell you in the NFL what they think of their teams based on how they draft. That's not always the case in all the other sports. Let's take from Money Murray. Take Arizona is more likely to trade out of the third spot than Chicago is out of the first spot. The QB run will start with the Texans, and the second quarterback off the board will be very coveted with the Colts sitting at four. Multiple teams would rather move up to three and spend a little less than move all the way up to one. 
that really that really depends on the comfort of teams that want to draft the quarterback believing in more than one of them. And I think you that's where leave I the door open. Up. Yeah. Yeah. If you got to get your guy and you're willing to go up that far, man, I don't think you settle. I don't think you settle. He had a bonus take. If Chicago does trade out of the first, out of number one, the first three players taken will be quarterbacks. So then he thinks they're both going to trade. It's Arizona's going to trade out of three. So two teams are going to trade up. Some of that would be defense, though. Like defense in terms of blocking another team from. Right. Yeah, right. Not like a defensive player. How, how pissed do you think the Panthers are that the Raiders are now suddenly in the quarterback market? Well, that's, that's what happens when you um, – have the run that they did down the stretch. Like that's the, that's the flip side of almost winning the NFC South with a losing record. So if you're the Panthers, do you proactively get something into the top three? If I'm the Panthers, I'm trying to get a deal with the dumb and the Cardinals like now today, today. Yeah. I think, I think that's a smart idea. I I'd also be interested in the veteran route there. If I were Carolina, I know that that's, it didn't really work with Baker or Sam Darnold, um, but I'd be interested in Derek Carr if I were them. I think that'd be a really good, a really good pair of Carr and Reich. Well, yeah, five days. He's going to New Orleans. Yes, he is. Looks that looks like that right now. But do we have official Take- guesses on the compensation? So I yeah. can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. You're Derek Carr. You've now visited the Saints twice. You are canceling all of your meetings with other teams. You don't just wait it out the five days to get cut and then just sign a new deal with the Saints so they don't have to give up a draft pick to get you? Like, if, you, if winning is so important to you and you want to win and you now know where you, you've decided you're going you're gonna to go to New Orleans. You, yeah, you, you're not gonna, they have the no-trade clause. That's a great right. point, you, Chris. Not you're not just going to – You're That's not going to wait the, the fuck – you're not going to wait the five days to just keep the draft picks for your team, the team that you're going to. You're yeah. going to help the Raiders, who at this point have kicked you're you out. Help, you're going to you're going to help yourself because you have a contract that dictates certain help financial yourself. obligations. You're, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no gonna, that's a good point. Uh, can I counter? By Kyle. You're going to no matter what the, the no matter who he goes to, the contract's going to get reworked. He's not going to walk into any building right now with the same mm. contract structure that he has right now because that's what they're working on what the new contract's going to look like. And they'll add years, and it'll probably become a five-year. So just sign that same contract in five days. And the Saints are going to say, okay, if I don't have to pay you a minimum of $38 million this year, why would I pay you $38 million this year? Okay, but... Right, right. Right, no, no, hold on, hold (laughs) on. Because you 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 can pay Derek Carr money up front and have it not count against the cap. That's the thing. For the Saints, for the Saints, it's actually beneficial for them to tell Derek, hey, Derek, why don't you just wait a couple days and then we'll work out a new deal and then we'll lower your cap it for this season from $32 million. We'll give you a ton of cash up front. They're going to do that either we'll... way. Right. So why not do? Why not put yourself in an advantageous situation where you keep if, your draft picks? The team need... walking to Look at the roster. You and you don't have a minimum floor that you have to spend on me this year, you're not going to need... offer me that. 
They need every single draft pick possible when you look at the players that are going to leave and the cap situation they're going to find themselves in the moment they oh, do this. Been that way for three years. Derek should $90 million dollars above the cap. I love Derek. I love him. And I'm going to root for him in New Orleans. But the biggest knock on Derek was that you got to support him. You got to put a good infrastructure around him, right? That was the big, the big rub. They have offensive it, infrastructure. Okay, take out this past season, right? That's always been the biggest knock on him. You're going to go to a team that's not going to be able to support you. They're going to be $90 million over the cap. It doesn't make sense. Which is why you restructure your contract and wait the five days to keep the draft picks and help your team in year one. Joe, Joe, you're Mickey Loomis, okay? You send a conditional 2024 draft selection and a day three pick. To the Raiders for Derek Carr. We need those day three picks. We need every single my, one. My, my current contract pays me how much money this year? How much money 32, exactly? 32.9 million against the cap. It's 40 million guaranteed the moment you trade for him on the 15th. It's the right. salary for this year, how... and it's eight, it's 8 million of next year. So he, so he has a $32 million salary that's fully guaranteed, correct? For uh, this year. I will check, for I this will check again, but, but I believe that is correct, yes. Go to my friends. So, so Joe, you have to pay me thirty-two million dollars this year. Yeah, his his base salary is thirty-two point nine million, and he has a prorated bonus. But you wouldn't pay that, so you just have the base salaries, right? So, thirty-two point nine million dollars is what you're trading for. Correct for this year. Yes. So, Joe, you're Mickey Loomis. Mm-hmm. You know, if you trade for me, you have to pay me thirty-two point nine million dollars this year, no matter what. So you'll say, okay, we're going to give you. million of that is going to become a signing bonus that we restructure and prorate out across probably five years with a few void years on the back end, right? So now my cap hit is $8 million this year, hypothetically. But if if, if you sign me in free agency and you know that I'm committed to go there, are you going to offer me $33 million this year? No. And that's why Derek Carr should take the trade. I disagree. I think the moment he becomes a free agent and other teams are free to throw money at him, it's gonna it, it will are it will bring up the price. That doesn't help your argument. It doesn't because, more teams n- because being, now now it benefits more teams the Saints being in the mix. Trade. More teams that's in the mix. That's good for Carr, it's not good for this go to the Saints situation. Right, which is why, since both sides could come to a mutual agreement of, hey, just wait the five days, and we're going to give you this contract that we would give you now, but we're just going to—you can make a handshake deal about it, wink, wink, nudge, nudge—and just wait the five days and then execute it on February sixteenth. And again, and again, you can you can pay him whatever you want to pay. He's owed thirty-three million dollars in cash, I think, in twenty twenty-three. That's it was cash he's owed. That's I think there's a bonus in there, but so maybe you don't owe him that, but. Just restructure the cap number. That's what they need to do. I don't know. It feels weird to me. It feels weird to me that, that, that both sides are making it extremely obvious that they want one another and why they wouldn't try to rig this for their benefit. I have another take here. This take from D. Leon 54. Take while Super Bowl wins are an important measuring stake when determining coaching greatness, it is second to the legacy left behind by their coaching tree. If you accept this premise then Bill Walsh is the greatest coach of all time, and it's not it's not It's close. Don Shula. It's Don Shula's the greatest coach of all time. 
I think Super Bowl championships are more meaningful to me than coaching tree. Why, why does it have to be arbitrary? Why can't I factor both things into my equation? Well, because one has to weigh more than the other. And I think uh, what you actually achieved with the team you're coaching means a whole lot more than the guys that went to other situations that their success is dictated by other variables. I don't Correct. know, man. I, 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 I think it's very clearly that the Super Bowl championships hold more weight. I'm going should. to steal I'm going to steal a response from the TD and Premium Discord because Anthony then responded to that take and said, So Mike Tomlin would be one of the worst coaches of all time? He's got zero coaching trait. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna so, borrow a phrase from Bum Phillips. Don Shula can take his in and beat yours in and then take yours in and beat his in. And that makes him the greatest coach of all time. Two truths and a lie. <laughs> yeah, let me get my laptop. I don't want to run too many tabs. I don't want to get too many tabs on my computer. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. So so for those of you who maybe uh, it's been a while since we've done this, since we haven't done it. (laughs) So the winner for January was Kyle Jacobs. Wow. The records are the records are all clear. Everyone has the same record. Everyone is in a tie for first place. The three way tie at Everyone's 0-0. Tie it, 0-0. Wow. So it's week one of the regular season. Kyle is Kyle, the defending what's the champion. the order of operations here? The, the order, he get to pick the order. Chris Schubert is going to go first. Wow. Okay. All right. In new, new month, new me, I'm going to okay. defer the coin toss. Sure. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, all of mine are Super Bowl related. Oh, is that is that this weekend? Yeah, it's my theme for the, the show this okay. week. Wow. I, I'm going to leave this here, too, so you guys can see. I have my sheet up. I don't want any – I got to get my my big board, my TDM 100 ballot together. I don't want I any accusations this. about yeah. tomfoolery well, with me being on the There has board. been. There have been I, accusations I, of has, tomfoolery it, in the past. It has been brought to my attention that that is something yeah. that the two of you feel. That is correct. Which is I'll outrageous. I think there's, the track record some... speaks for itself. Uh, you always win. We always lose. Yes, the track record does speak for itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Statement number one. I, I know I have to outline the statement so Joe knows that I'm starting. Statement number one. There are seven franchises tied for consecutive wins in the Super Bowl with two. Statement number two. Since 1970, there have been more AFC Super Bowl winning teams than NFC Super Bowl winning teams. Statement number three. There have been five Super Bowls with attendance over 100,000, but only one of those five took place in an NFL stadium. Can you repeat the first statement? Absolutely. There are seven franchises tied for consecutive wins in the Super Bowl with two. But not in consecutive seasons, just back-to-back appearances. There are seven franchises tied for consecutive wins in the Super Bowl with two. I don't okay. know what this take means, Joe. I mean, Dallas won back to back. San Francisco won, won back to back. Did the twice? Did the Patriots, did the Patriots win back to back? Seriously, they won in a one and two. No, they didn't. It was it, no, they beat Carolina and oh, the, Phillies. Yeah, no, no that's they, 
They did do it. That, yes. Was that 03 and 04? 04 and 05 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they won this, so they at least won one. Because the Tampa back. one was sandwiched in after I think their first one. So that's three. Denver did it with Elway, four. Piece of garbage. Did the Dolphins do it? They, yeah, the Dolphins uh, did it. Right? They did it in 72 and 73. Yeah. Yes. The Packers won the first two. Surely the friggin' Steelers, with all their success in the 70s, did it. Well, let's so not assume I, now. Seven. So how many do we have? How many do we seven. have? So do you think the number's in question? Like, are we thinking are we going to try to find an eighth? Yeah, but you, but you said the, the Steelers surely did it in the 70s. That's an assumption. We don't have definitive. Yeah, moves. I feel strongly that they did. Can we count the ones we know for sure? Just and then we can move okay, on. Okay, if to you're the counting next that as a not for sure, then six. But I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh. Okay, did it so can six. can can we say them one more time, please? We had the Green Dolphins Bay. at seventy two, seventy three. We had the Packers won the first two. Yep. The Dallas Niners, forty Niners in the eighties. Yes, a million percent happened. Dallas, Dallas. Yep. In the nineties, Patriots in 03 and 04. Mm-hmm. Denver with Elway. That's six. Six. Okay, you want to leave that one line? Move on. No, I, I'm telling you, the Steelers did. I think they may have done it more than once. But Chris's take says seven teams, so the Steelers would still count as one, right? Even if they've done it twice. Yeah, they won like they won like four and six years or something like that. I remember reading about, I read this book from Bill Pulley, and it's behind me. It's right there, Super Bowl Blueprints. I read all about Terry Bradshaw uh, and how much he hated the Super coach, Bowl and they won all these blue, games. Blueprints, just get lucky and get the number one overall pick with a generational talent a couple of times. Was that his playbook? I, I th- No, I've, I, I, today's not the day to discuss Bill Bullion, but he did some <laughs> unbelievably aggressive things to make, uh, to make those happen. I'm yeah. aware. I'm yeah. aware. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay. So the thing, okay, is there another one? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. Right. So the Jets, no, they won Super Bowl. Was it Super Bowl three that they won, Chris? Yes, I'm that's correct. Sure. And that's, I'm not being obnoxious. The Dolphins won nope. seven and eight. So three. So the Jets only won one. Uh, in the North, Cincinnati, no. Cleveland, no. Baltimore, no. They've only won two, and they were spread out. Yeah. Uh, the Titans, no. No. The Colts, no. No. The Texans, absolutely not. Right. The Jaguars, no. Right. The Chiefs, no. The Broncos, we've already acknowledged. Yes. The Chargers, no. And who am I forgetting in the West? Raiders. The Raiders, who won an 80. I think their only Super Bowl win was in – did they win two with Matt? They beat Washington, and they beat Philadelphia in one. Yes, I don't they weren't. They weren't back to back. Years. They weren't. Right. They weren't back to back. They beat the Eagles in 80, 80 81. Uh, so speaking of Philadelphia, no, they only have one. The Commanders? No, I think they're spread out because I, I had this. My father grew up a Washington fan. We talked they about how, in, like in the eighties, in the heyday of his life, he saw Super Bowl championships. They were never they, they weren't back to did, back. Didn't they win eighty two and ninety? They beat yeah, they beat the, the Dolphins Bills. in eighty two, eighty three. Oh, is this something we have in common? We both have losing Super to, Bowl losing losses. to Washington in the wow. In, to, yeah. wow. Put it right there with the Urban Meyer stuff. That's great. I imagine lose imagine losing in the Super Bowl. Can't yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. Could be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> All right. So it's not Washington. The Giants. Dallas, we already have. The Giants won. I don't think they ever won back to back. They beat the Bills. And I'm they, just they happy beat, they that beat Denver the first that was statement, several years before. As you guys in a tizzy. Well, I no, think it's we're true. We're I being we're, thorough. Yeah. We're being thorough. No, that's fine. That's fine. Minnesota, absolutely not. Nope. The Packers, no. Packers. No, the Packers did the first two. Right. Yeah, we already counted them. Um, the Bears, 85. I think they yeah. played another one and got. No, I'm thinking of the one that they played against the um, Patriots in 85, and they smacked the shit out of them. I think they put 55 points on the Pats in the Super Bowl that year. I hate to see it. Yeah, it's real tragic. Um, Lions, no. Lions, no. Sorry, guys, our Lions. Um, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, Falcons, Saints, no chance. No. Nope. <laughs> Rams? Nope. Don't believe so. Nope. Cardinals, no. 49ers, we already have. Right. Seahawks, no. Nope. I think it's seven. Okay, so I think that's a true statement. Unless somebody won three in a row. Did anybody win three Super Bowls in a row? No. No. Keenly aware of that. Okay. Cool. So the AFC has more Super Bowl wins than the NFC? In the 90s, I'm pretty sure the NFC won like every year. (laughs) Yeah, but you have the Patriots with six. The Patriots have six. The Steelers have six. Yeah, I think Cowboys and 49ers kind of balance that out a little bit. Denver's got a few. Giants right. have a few. It's got to be pretty close. Because I think lately it's been AFC, but like 90s right. it was NFC. I'll I'll go with the dominance of the AFC in the 70s because that was like Raiders, Steelers, Dolphins. Steel, yeah. Won like maybe every one of them in the 70s, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I think it's AFC. I can only think okay. of one dominant stretch for the NFC, and it was the '90s. I think they, I think the Cowboys won in '70, if I remember. A- '80s and '90s, like 49ers and Cowboys. Right. I think it's AFC. I, I think that's true. AFC. So that leaves AFC. Us, AFC. No, it was I have five Super Bowl on 100K? <laughs> and but only one, but only one of those occurred. Five Super Bowls have an attendance of more than 100,000, but only one of them has. Um, an NFL stadium. Well, only one of them was in an NFL state. Okay, so let's. I always, lo- I always love to see the Joe Chicken scratch of how he shorthands right, the there, there it the is. statements. So, so uh, let's think of places that aren't NFL stadiums where Super Bowls have been played, and the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the Rose Bowl. What about the LA Coliseum? That confuses me a lot because I, they're two different places, but you think they're not. <laughs> well, I th- I be- but I believe the LA Coliseum is where the LA Rams play. I don't. I don't know of any other Super Bowl. I don't know places that aren't NFL stadiums besides that that Super Bowls have been played. The Orange Bowl. What? I don't understand how that works. Right? The, the Dolphins don't play in the Orange Bowl. Well, they, so that can. So, the Orange Bowl used to be the Orange Bowl because it was played in the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl is no longer the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl is now played at Hard Rock Stadium because they built a different stadium, but they kept the location of the bowl game in the same city in a new stadium. But the Orange Bowl used to be what the Dolphin Stadium was called. 
So it was the Dolphin Stadium? Bro, I don't understand this. (laughs) Where else are these games being played? And what, there's no NFL stadium that touches 100,000. I guess Jerry World. Well, I'm thinking of the LA Coliseum. And I, I don't think Jerry World does either, if I'm being honest. I don't think that's true. There, I mean, unless there's just like a random amount of extra seats that they make at these stadiums. I have no well, idea. Well, Joe, I think, we, I think we have enough deductive reasoning and we've spent enough time on Chris's two truths and a lie. <laughs> that, Freeze the lie, lock it in. That, th- that we, we came with enough deductive reasoning that one and two are true. So I'm okay going down with the ship sure. if you are. That right. number three I is the lie. I will go down with, with the ship. Three is the lie. Lock it in. Yes. Statement number one. Surrender. There are seven. <laughs> there are seven franchises tied for consecutive wins in the Super Bowl with two. Yo, if we're wrong about this and we spent thirty minutes on it, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm, that is a, that is a true statement. Thank God. There yes. are the record. The record for yes. consecutive wins is two, and it is shared by seven franchises: Packers, Dolphins, Steelers, who've done it twice, 49ers, Cowboys, Broncos, and Patriots. We nailed it. Yeah, we nailed it. Statement number two. Since 1970, there have been more AFC Super Bowl winning teams than NFC Super Bowl winning teams. Since 1970, there have been 52 Super Bowl plays. The NFC record in those Super Bowls, 27 and Ah! 25. That's how close it is. Oh, we knew it was close. Has two more Super Bowls than the AFC in that time period. They they, they have the last two years, the Bucs and Rams. They put them over the top. So that's the lie. The third statement, there have been five Super Bowls with attendance over 100K. Only one of those five took place at an NFL stadium. Y- guys, you had it. I thought you were going to see right through it. Uh, it's for, see it's, right through you. There are, there are only five that have ever gotten over 100. Four of the five are at the Rose Bowl. You mentioned the place. The other one was Packers-Steelers at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. 103,219 people. You had it the whole way. So all of our facts were right. We just made the wrong decision. You just made the wrong decision. Joe, yeah. our process was good. We, I mean, we no, our facts weren't right. We thought the AFC won more than the NFC. No, our did. process was good. Oh, yeah, We still sure. had good process. Yeah, fact, we'll We going. had good deductive reasoning for all of them. So, Chris, yeah. now congratulations, clubbed up. You get to choose who goes next between Joseph and myself. So, so I'm not in clubbed up. I'm still 0-0. I, I have not. I didn't you're gain anything. Yeah, but you're in first place because that is true. we are 0-1. That is true. Joseph, you can go first. You can All go right, next. boys and girls. Are we are we ready? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, this all has to do with um, our guy, our guy, Brian Dable. He won the uh, the coach of the year. Jesus uh, Christ! Yesterday, uh, so I have some different facts about this that uh, I would like to present to you. One of these is not true. This is two truths and a lie. So you want to identify the lie here? Thank you, uh, Joe. No, Appreciate num- it. Number one, number one, Brian Dable is the first coach of the year to win the award without reaching double digit wins since Jimmy Johnson in 1990. Every other coach that has won it since 1990 has at least 10 wins under their belt. Number two, since the 1970 merger, no coach has won coach of the year in consecutive seasons. Since 1970, no coach has won coach of the year in consecutive seasons. And number three, the last two different coaches to win coach of the year from the AFC East were both from the Patriots. Anything you'd like me to repeat? I, I, my, my radar immediately went up with statement number one, like immediately. Can you read number three again? Yeah. The last two different coaches to win coach of the year from the AFC East were both from the Patriots. So the last two coaches to win coach of the year that 
coach a team in the AFC East. We're both from the Patriots. Three is the lie. Lock it in. <laughs> you care to you care to <laughs> you, you care to He's share? Committed. He's committed. You care to you care to sell me? You're zero in one. So you want to sell me on why this I'm is? Um. So. Number statement number one. I, I I can't confirm this for sure, but statement number one sounded correct to me. Statement number two sounded fine, and I can't recall whether or not Tony Sperano won Coach of the Year in two thousand eight or not. But they went from one and fifteen in the number one overall pick to eleven and five and won the division. It's the greatest wow. greatest single season wins improvement from one year to the next, tied with wow. ten wins. I didn't don't feel like I knew this readily. That's that's incredible. Yep. One and fifteen to eleven and five with the goat Chad Pennington behind center for the Dolphins. Well, Jake oh, Long the in two thousand eight. Jake Long the number wow. one pick. They won the AFC East. So, so like that that is enough it, it for wasn't me a to Jets know. Coach. It's enough for me to know. It wasn't a Jets coach. Tony Sperano did that. I don't know off the top of my head whether he won coach of the year or not. But it's enough for me to neither one of the other two. It, it, there's there's nothing to it. You're just guessing that he won coach of the year. You don't Correct. actually He's know. He's locked in. He's Correct. I know. I, I locked myself in. Part of it part of it was to just leave Chris put, hanging on. Put me a in limb. a blender here. <laughs> Can you read number one again, Joe? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Number one, Brian Dable was the first coach of the year to win the award without reaching double digit wins since Jimmy Johnson in nineteen ninety. There's just something about that that feels wrong. It just it just feels like somebody with like nine wins won it one year because like their team stunk or something. You're just guessing. You're just number guessing. one. Number one is You're the lie. Guessing. Lock it in. All right, well they're locked in. So this is this is really interesting here. Um, let's uh, let's work through these. Kyle was quick to jump on his. The last two different coaches to win the coach of the year in the AFC East. It's probably Pete we're both from the Bill Patriots. Uh, that's true. Belichick in uh, ten seven and three. And then Parcells in 94, the last Parcells. Dolphins coach to win it was Don Shula in 72. Chuck Knox, the last Bills head coach to win it in 1980. The Jets have never uh, been able to yeah. claim when that. They, why the hell did they hate our division, Sounds, man? sounds about right. Well, who wanted it in 08? Who wanted it? I need to in, know. T- in 2008, a coach by the name of Mike Smith with the Atlanta Falcons with their 11-5 and five record won it. You got you to gotta give uh, – uh, Jimmy Johnson's with credit won the award at seven and nine for the Dallas Cowboys. That that got it done in nineteen ninety. Right, so. because they were they were awful before that. <laughs> seven and nine. They, they were like they fault were this awful guy. before that. Nothing impressive else happened in the league that year. Evidently, uh, let's let's look at uh, Christopher P. Schubert's uh, guess. Uh, Wait, this is number- bullshit. <laughs> the Pan- the Falcons didn't even win the division. Hey, <laughs> they picked they picked third overall. And went to the same record that the Dolphins did and finished second place in their division. And the team that went one and fifteen and had the first pick had uh, the snub. had a better wins improvement and actually won their division, snub. scored more points, and played better defense, did not win coach of the year. Absolute snub. The late great Tony it. Sperano snubbed. It's it, that's nonsense. I'm mad all over again. I get it. So this was two thousand eight, right? Yes. Let's uh let's take a look at the voting. Tony uh no this is this is no no that's not what we want. We want coach of the year. Where's the uh we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Coach of the year, Tony Sperano number two. This was a tight race, a tight race. 
45 uh, percent by one Sparano. vote. Yeah, it was, it was literally one vote. And Jeff Fisher's I, over I, here at 13 and three saying, why wasn't it me? The, the Falcons went from four and 12 to 11 and five and made the playoffs as a wild card. And the Dolphins went from one and 15. They were three games worse the year prior. And, and introduced the Wildcat. Oh. I, and didn't get coach of the year. I, I think he's got a real case, but that's the reality. It's it, bullshit. It, yeah. No, I get it. I, I, I understand your, uh, your objection, objections here. All right. Let's move on here. Let's find out uh, if Christopher P. Schubert was correct. Uh, he, Chris thinks that Brian Dable is uh, is the first coach of the year uh, to Chris, win. you got it wrong, too. That's why he's he's going this Yeah, that's way. why he's doing it this you way. Got it it's wrong. fine. Yeah. No, no, that's we already did that one. Uh, we're, didn't we just do this? What? You didn't say it? whether you you didn't you said Jimmy Johnson wanted seven and nine, but you didn't say whether yeah. anybody else won. Nobody else did it. Brian D- Dable's the first coach since Jimmy Johnson to, to do so we this. both got it wrong. You both got it wrong. Uh, congratulations, Joe Gibbs. You are in 1982 and 1983. You're the only coach uh, to win Coach of the Year in consecutive seasons since the merger. So. Nobody's nobody's un, uncovered this yet. By the way, nobody's on the nobody's got a win yet. Nobody's won anything. So we'll see. Okay, so I thought I came let's with see some, what I could softball do. here, but I didn't. So. <laughs> let's see. Well, Kyle, you're locked in. You're zero two for the week. You well, can't gain a victory. You can just stump yeah, but I can I can pin you both. I can pin you right. both down with me, um, Joe. I think my process again was good. Tony Sprano had a better resume than Mike Smith did in 2008. I can't help the fact that the voters are dumb. Right. It's not. It's not on you. It's not. On it's you. not my fault. Okay, I have three statements. One of them is a lie. Two of them are true. Yeah, whatever. All of them are pertaining to my TDM 100 ballot update, which I did privately on a private spreadsheet, so Joe could not have a chance to look over my ballot. Yeah. Yeah. All of my changes are done, by the way. You're going to get it as soon as we're done recording the show. The three statements are as followed. I did remember to put Jalen Hyde on my ballot, right. yes. Sidney Brown and Luke Musgrave are my two biggest risers on this month's update. Isaiah Foskey and Chase Brown are my two biggest fallers on this month's update. And 22 of my top 100 players are players scouted from my own personal scouting region. Chris, Joe can help you a little bit. I, I hate this, Joe. I mean, just, one and two feel right, but it only takes one other guy. It takes I mean? one other guy, right? It takes one right. person to so really. 22 are from his region, so that would be 22%. Um, draft dudes do math. Go ahead, hit the button. Wow. Draft dudes do math. <laughs> Does Kyle have that many good players in his region? Oh, that's a great I mean, point. all the good players are with Dame and Keith. So in his region, Notre Dame? Yes. USC, Notre Dame, yes, Penn State, yes, Clemson, yes. Remember, Joe okay. robbed me of the biggest. Joe and Damian robbed me of my best Big Ten schools too. By the way, so hold on, hold on, Ohio hold State, on. Michigan. So let's go through this. Let's we're gonna so we're gonna be here a little bit, but that's fine. Oh, man, okay. So so Clemson. We'll be late for the staff meeting. So Clemson, I can think of at least three. Brizzy, Simpsons, probably Murphy, on there. Murphy. Yeah, there's those three. three. Okay. P- Penn State. One. Porter. Might be it. Okay. Okay. That's fine. USC. Thule. Addison. Thule. Addison. Maybe Voorhees. Va- maybe Voorhees. So we'll put him in there. That's seven. 
Okay. Okay. Notre Dame. Foskey's still in there. Yeah, Mayor. Mayor. Okay, that's nine. Give me other teams that he has. Illinois. Both. Yeah, he's. Both he's Browns are in Sydney. there. That's Sydney. And Devin Chase. Witherspoon. That's twelve. I don't think he'll have Chase. I don't think that's a lock. So, so that's eleven. He's got Northwestern, right? Yeah. What? Skaronski's twelve. I need I need the rest of his region to be able to okay, do this. Okay, well, give me a second, and I will think of it okay. now. You are the director of scouting, so this right, is kind of thank you. I'm aware. This is kind of your uh, thing. He he's got Minnesota. Okay, so he's got John Michael Schmitz. Add it. So I'm going to give you schools. You add the list. Okay, so that's now we're at twelve. Okay. No, you were at twelve, and then Michael Schmitz so, is thirteen. Fine. I'm going to so help you 13. out. Thank you. Thirteen. Draft dudes do math. He's got Appalachian State. Cameron Peoples. I know he's not no, a Cameron he Peoples him, fan. He, so. might, he probably has Hampton. Nick, Nick Hampton. Okay, that's 14. You can, you can think of Big Ten schools and it'd run them by me, and I can validate. Okay, Rutgers. He has them, but Mich- it it's inconsequential. Michigan. It's doesn't have them. No. Ohio State. Doesn't have them. Michigan State. I got State. really doesn't have with them. the Big Ten. I got hoes with the Big Ten. Purdue? Does he have Purdue? No. <laughs> no. I don't. I got hoes with the Big Ten. Holy smokes, man. Right. All right. What what other schools does he have outside he has of the Miami? He has Miami. Okay. Okay. I don't know. He any... didn't seem hot on Tyreek Stevenson when we brought him. No, he's oh, he's still hot enough. No, I don't he's think still... so. He said probably not. I asked him point blank on this in yesterday's staff meeting. He did say probably not. It's 14. Okay. What else does he have? He's got BYU. He's got BYU. Yep. He's got BYU. Puka Nakua is in there for sure. Yeah, but that might be it. Okay. That's fine. That gets us to 15. Who does he have in the Pac-12? Okay, he has USC. We've already done that. Does he, he doesn't have? Does he have Washington State? Washington. Well, he's, he's got, got Arizona Washington State, but they, they don't have any players. Does he got Arizona State? I I don't know. He does not. Okay. No. Okay. Do not. Arizona, USC, U, yeah, UCLA. He's got the um the MAC. So he's got Ohio. He's got Buffalo. He's got um Rice. He's got um. He's got Rice is a weird one to pull up with the Mac, but Bowling Green. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the teams that I'm playing in my. Yeah, oh, yeah. in your NCAA 14. For, yeah, because I'm I'm Buffalo, so I'm just playing he's a bunch got, of Mac teams. He's got West Virginia. He's nobody, got so, right? so nobody in there. What other Big 12 teams Take does he me have? Home. Baylor. To the place. Nobody, right? Joey, I might, this might be the lie. I can't get to 22. We're close, and so maybe we just defer to. Is this the two most of li- songs two, we've invoked? Two is the lie, lock it in. But two the is about not the, the one you're investigating. Yeah, that's the 22 players are from his own I know. region. Odd that's number, a- though. That's an oddly specific number. Two, two is the lie, lock it in. All right. Um, so I'm you're saying you. Isaiah Foskey and Chase Brown are my two biggest followers. Yeah, is right. the it's three. Three is yep. the lie. Tw- 22 are from your region. I think that's Oh, no, I know what I'm doing. I know what statement I'm picking. It wasn't you said an accident. Foskey and Brown are the two biggest fallers, and that's a lie. That? It sounds true. saying that's a that's the lie. I'm, I'm saying that's the lie. I'm confused why you just went there out of the I blue just, after I, you spent all I, of your other time. I know because I think we're close enough to where 22 feels like a we good got number. To 14. We got to 15, and there were a couple uh, iffies that could get us to probably draft dudes do math. So I've decided that I'm going to pick one of the other two, and I just went with my gut. 
Okay, I'm going with tw- I'm going with three twenty two. Okay, watch so us. Watch Joe us. Is, be one's the line. We're both Nobody wrong. Got we're both right. wrong. Yeah, no, we didn't get so anywhere close. Joe is confirming that number three is the lie, and Chris is confirming number two is the lie. Yeah, that He's is confirmed. correct. That is correct. Correct. Number That's one right. is the lie. No, it's not. <laughs> Jeez, of course it is. What a, what a dumpster fire. 0-2, oh okay. baby. Okay. Everybody's 0-2. So, so, so let's, let's do it. Let's go. Great week, everybody. Great week. We will do it go real birds. quick. Go birds. Uh, so I told sit- you three felt too, felt too close. Yeah, well, you know what? Your pivot was wrong. So Luke Musgrave I, I, up 58 spots. Uh, Sydney well, Brown up 44 spots, but Keanu Benton went up 48 spots. Yeah. So he was my number two biggest riser. Uh, 22 of my top 100 are my own players from my own region. I will read them to you now. Uh, Sydney Brown. Uh, let me put them in order that they are ranked so that, that our minds don't melt here. Miles Murphy, Joey Porter Jr., Devin Witherspoon, Jordan Addison, Brian Brzee. That is five. Michael Mayer, Peter Skaronsky, John Michael Schmitz, Drew Sanders, Tuli Tupelotu. That is another five. Then you have Sidney Brown, Trenton Simpson, Andrew Voorhees, Isaiah Foskey, Brandon Joseph, Puka Nakua, Chase Brown, Tommy Adabore, Quan Martin, Dion Henley, and then Brenton Strange and KJ Henry makes it 22. Strange and Henry were two I might not have gotten to. That's okay. And, and you guys forgot Drew Sanders with Arkansas. Yeah, I wouldn't have got there even if I remembered those teams. So, my two biggest fallers. Um, reshort the list of players that did not go back to school because we did our last update before the declaration deadline. Uh, Isaiah Foskey fell 38 spots and Chase Brown fell 23 spots. Uh, Rasheed Rice next in line fell 22 spots. My biggest risers and fallers. So, losers weekend all around. Uh, we had to, <laughs> we had to even out Chris off the high of all the Jets winning the awards at the NFL Awards last night, and uh, the the Zach Thomas and D- Daryl Rivas Hall of Fame inductions. It's only fair that uh, this podcast can't get too high and too lows with three AFC East fans on it. What high am I so, coming off? <laughs> you know, you, your team had a great season. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for us here on the show. Cockrab show. We're Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Ben online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will be back to talk to you all again on Monday. Thanks for being here for another episode of the draft dudes podcast. Be sure to subscribe. So you don't miss the next episode while you were at it. Help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.